Greetings and salutations and welcome to the saga of Steve Rogers. My name is Tom and I'm glad to have you here. If you're here for the first time, where have you been? 240 episodes before this. This is episode 241. Uh, this is part two with Kayla slash Chelsea. Um, in this part, we talk about bad dating choices both of us made. Um, we talk about the beginnings of her slide into depression, how things went really bad for her, um, and the people that were there to help her and the people that weren't there to help her, um, the way she tried to cope with it and uh, how that worked out for her. Um, it, it's not the happiest of stories, but it has a good ending. So um, she went through a lot and she learned a lot about herself and about the people that she cares about and her family and stuff like that. So it's, it's a, it's an uplifting story in the end. Either way, um, if you want to hear previous episodes, saga of Steve Rogers.com is where the archive is. The email address, Steve at saga of Steve Rogers.com. You want to support the show. This is a fan supported podcast, uh, for the cost of half of a Starbucks for two bucks, as little as two bucks a month, you can support the show patreon.com slash saga of steve rogers join the people who are helping out and not the people that already quit on me um saga of steve rogers.com is the website check it out also wherever you're listening there's a way you can review the show so leave the gift of feedback leave a review uh, five stars if you're doing it on uh, apple Podcasts would be the great number but whatever you really feel either way here's uh 241 part two if you're hearing this and you didn't hear part one go back Bye. Welcome to the saga of Steve Rogers. Some of the stuff you are about to hear are not for everyone. If you are a snowflake or easily offended, offended, do don't listen. Enjoy. on i didn't even notice oh you did you can't see without your glasses i mean i can see but how many fingers am i holding on fuck you too <laughs> <laughs> so you can see you just can't see see yeah i can't like read so if i took out four you wouldn't know that i took out four it would look like i just took one i would have to like squint yeah, yeah. your your glasses are pretty thick thanks thanks for I mean, calling me out you did it first. You just said you can't see across the table. Well, it doesn't mean that you have to call me out on my bottle caps. I didn't call them bottle caps. I, I just did. said they're kind of thick, and now you're making it worse. Like, you're piling on. <laughs> this is real professional mood. A mouthful of pizza-flavored combos yep. while I'm recording, too, huh? How do, how do they taste? They're okay. They're going to have that aftertaste, like that <laughs> artificial flavor in my mouth, kind of like... Like the barbecue Pringles? Yeah. That I really didn't like, Yeah. <laughs> And it's hilarious because I just went inside to go to the, hold on, to go. It's actually my toilet, too. I don't Really? Yeah, I recorded my own toilet. Wow. Hold on. Yeah, get that little drop at the Shut end. Shut up. I love that little drop oh at the God. end. Um, and my wife had gone shopping, and she came home with Pringles. And I was like. Did you eat some? No, because they weren't barbecue. What flavor? Uh, she's nacho cheese, I oh, think. Oh, no. Yeah, she, she'll eat 
she loves those uh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And the cats. We have hairless cats. And the hairless know, cats will thinks, grab one and take it. I want it. one of those. We have so two. Bad. I want to see one. Here's breaking news for any. By the time this comes out, we'll have a third. Really? Yeah, we're getting a, a Sphinx cat kitten next weekend. Oh, can I see one? The kitten? The cat. We don't have it. Oh, yeah, I'll bring one out here. Yeah. They're, they're actually asleep in the room right on the other side. There's a like a, a dog bed, but they sleep in the dog bed like on top of each other. They yeah. look like the yin yang sign, like from karate or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? I don't yes. know why I'm doing this with my hands because you can't You're see just it. You're looking and, goofy right now. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm making fun of handicapped people, handicapable. Stop. I don't know what the correct term is anymore. I don't either. I don't know what I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. True. Except the reason why I don't mention the name of the bank is because I had people call HR because I of my podcast. I think you told me that. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Kind of cool. Wow. Snowflakes. Yep. Yeah, people get get all up in their feelings. Yeah. So, greetings and salutations and welcome to the <laughs> saga of Steve Rogers. My name's Tom and I'm glad to have you here. If you're here for the first time, where the fuck have you been? This is episode 341. That means 340 times I've said that thing right before this, greetings and what you call it, and you haven't heard salutations. it. Salutations. So, yeah. If you haven't heard that, that means you've missed some shit. So the way you can hear those, if you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, any of those eyes, um, you can only hear so many episodes there. If you want to go back to the archive, it's sagaofsteverogers.com. There's a little search box at the top. So like I've referenced previous podcasts talking with Kayla, my guest today. And the only way you can find those is by going to the website and search for the person. So we talked about Zoe being on here and Zoe telling me about the, no, that was off air. Ooh, <gasps> spoilers. We talked about that before I hit record, huh? The pizza thing with, yeah, yeah, we talked about that, but she talked about it. But anyway, if there's somebody you want to hear from in the past, you can go to sagofsteverogers.com and search in the search box and hopefully find it. If you're like, I know he talked about somebody and I don't know what to search for. Send me an email. I can't believe how many people listen how many episodes I've done, and how little fucking feedback you people give me. There's fifteen to 1,600 people that listen per episode, and I get a total of 17, 18, 19, 20, zero emails every fucking week. Nobody ever sends me an email and asks me a question. Nobody suggests people to be on the show. So help me out. Holler at your boy. Send me an email. Um, yeah, let me stop hawking my shit. But wait, I thought you said somebody that you know was asking about the death well, that's somebody at work. Oh. So there's, there's a lot of people at work listen. Um, and so the person at work, so I was going to get to that, but you're dragging me there. No, by no, my no. Nose. You don't no. have to. Get to it when you want to. No, I'm, I'm good. The, what, so there's a person at work who um, her father recently passed away, and she's a fucking daddy's girl. Um, if you're at work and you're listening to this, you probably know the story, but when she was a kid, she saw the lion King and she's like, daddy, I want a lion. And her dad somehow brought in a fucking black market lion and gave it to her as a gift. I don't know how you do that. And then when it started to not be a cub anymore and became lion, he got rid of it. Don't know how you get rid of a lion either. Like, I don't know if you just back up to the zoo and you're like, let me tie it to the gate. And then you're like, and then you get in your truck and drive away, like <laughs> haul ass and leave a lion outside of the 
zoo because you can't just go up there and go, hey, I, I snuck this in the country illegally and gave it to my daughter. and It tried to eat her throat, so uh, can you take it now? Because I'm sure there's some kind of penalty for doing that. But anyway, her father recently passed away, and she was going through a lot of grief. And she came to me and said, you know, do you have any podcasts about grief? I'm like, I talk about, you know, gr- grief and depression and um, therapy and stuff like that quite a bit, but it's not like I have an episode about grief. Like I don't do topics. Like I talk to people and shit comes up when I talk to people. So I was thinking when I was talking to her, you and I have kind of danced around this since you moved back here in March. The last time this guy circled back with you from the previous episode, if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is part two with Kayla. So if you're like, Hey, who the fuck is Kayla? Go back to part one and you'll hear part one um but in part one we talked about the guy who who cracked the code and figured out how to how to um make chelsea chelsea keeps circling back for him see you're and gonna so, say kayla and then people are gonna wonder who the fuck's chelsea and then go back and listen to part one then True. bitches fuck you people get on board do what you're told yeah they're not going to. They're no, not they're gonna not. do what they're told. But it's it's, it's her her uh, nom de plume, kinda like Steve Rogers is mine, Chelsea is hers. She does a, a British accent. Yeah. Go ahead. I can't do it on the spot like that. It, it, but then you did you just I did know, it and it's probably t- sounds terrible. No, it sounds good. Does it? Yeah, it's good. All right. I haven't done it in a long time. Really? Yeah. I feel special now. You should. Nobody. This is you. This is you circling back for me. Yeah. In a in a non sexual, still wearing our clothes kind of way. Yeah. I know it makes me sad. So you're married. I know, but I wasn't. Mm. So True. yeah. So before we get to the the sad part, let's talk about the UFC. <laughs> Speaking of clothes <laughs> and not clothes. When was that? Was I don't. Was that after I had done? A, no. Been a SME in your training class? Probably. I don't remember. Probably. I don't remember But basically either. you invited me to UFC I and invited, I told yeah. you yes. So so I'm a big fan of the UFC and I wasn't going to pay for a pay-per-view in my house because I'm poor. Um, and UFC pay-per-views are like 50 bucks. And I'm like, I'm not paying 50 bucks. I'll go to a sports bar. And um, I was sniffing around the, the uh, barbecue-flavored Pringles and uh, looking down my shirt, probably looking down her shirt. Kayla tends to wear swooping. I used to. I don't anymore. I know. Fucking thanks. And so (laughs) I feel cheated. (laughs) And uh, I would always go to her desk. So I would be standing and she would be sitting. So it was a great angle. Um, And she would tell me stories about guys she was dating. And I'm like, yeah, good. That guy's a loser. Uh, Yep. But, uh, and so I was like, you, I want to go see the UFC. I don't want to go by myself. That was my opening line. I was really good at being single, by the way. And I was like, you should come with me. And you're like, all right, whatever, I'll go. Like, I don't think you had any interest in UFC. And I wasn't even interested in the UFC for that night either. But smartly, you bailed at the last minute. I did. Why'd you bail? I just didn't Crushed feel right. Dreams. I didn't feel right about it. You were a trainer and I was an employee. So And but. I don't know. I just, I didn't feel right. Okay. You can't Did see I me right now. So hurt your feelings? No, not at all. I mean, it all worked out the way it was supposed to. Yeah. But it would have been fun not working out in the middle. But yeah. Yeah. Plus you said I was old. Did I say that? Yeah. 
You're like, you know, you're older. You didn't say old, but you were like... You're older? Yeah. <laughs> you're into younger guys. You like guys that are underage. Clearly. Shut up. <laughs> what? That's from the previous episode, too. Go back in here and how the, she was breaking defense, the law. I was 20 years old. I know I was over 18, but Jesus. I don't think people can hear you. I know. I'm turning those towards you, so I quit eating them because well, I'll sit here and eat the whole bag. And it's just not professional for me to go. So, why? Are you going to do it anyway? I know I'm going to. I'm going to try to push it over on the side of my mouth like a chipmunk. So I'll have the combos just sitting here. Oh, wait. See, I was totally honest about his age and my age, and now you're going to throw it back in my face like I'm some cougar? No, I mean, you were young-ish, but he was still underage. So. The first girl that I dated after I got single was 18. Okay. And I flew across country. How old were you? I was <laughs> a lot more than 18. How old were you? Um, Late 20s? Oh, fuck. Early I was 30s? 40. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. So you have no room to talk. Mm, but she was legal. Ugh, oh, it was I'm not. No, look, hold on. Down. Hold on. Let me swallow this combo. Okay, <laughs> I had to put the microphone up to my throat as I swallowed it. I'm in no way bragging. Like, that's right. I fucked an 18-year-old girl. That was not my finest moment. It was really, really sad. Did you bang her? A couple times, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I flew across country. So for the bank that I work for, you used to work for, Yep. I was. they flew me to Chicago to train. So I was training some classes there. She was in one of my classes. And so the last night that I was leaving, I don't want to fuck this up. Hold on. Uh, let me do this quicker because it's not hugely pertinent. And it's not really why I want to talk to you. But the last night I was there, I was like, I'm going to be at the bar right next door to my hotel, hanging out if anybody wants to come by and have a drink. Nobody came but her. So she came and I was like, why did she show up? And then the, guy, the other guy that was there with me, another trainer was like, She's totally into you. And I'm like, no, she's here because she wants me to buy her a beer. And she's 18. And he's like, no, that's not it. She wants, she wants more than that. I was like, there's no way. And turns out he was right and I was wrong. So nothing happened that night. She leaves, goes home. I go back to my apartment or my hotel. I fly out the next day. She messaged me on Facebook as I was driving to the airport. And she's like, I really wanted to fuck you last night. And I was like, what? Well, oh. she's like... You missed an opportunity. I was like, you know, I, I don't have game like that. Like, I was recently single. I had been married for 15 years the first time, together for 12 years the second time. Like, I'm not like a player. I don't read signals. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, not for nothing. If you had said this last night, you have the nerve to say it now. If you had the nerve to say it last night, my hotel was right next door. Like, we could have, it would have been a fun night and I would have been really tired at work today. And she's like, well, that's your fault. You missed out, blah, blah, blah. So I'm texting her as I'm driving to the airport. Worst thing to do, Chicago traffic almost flipped over 87 times. But <laughs> So I get to the airport. My plane gets delayed. Then my plane gets delayed again. She goes, if your plane gets delayed another time, I'm just going to pick you up and you're going to stay here. And I was like, okay. Like, and I'm praying to God, like, all right, God, look, I know this is bad form and I shouldn't be praying <laughs> For you to help me to 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 seal the deal with this this girl who's 
more than half, less than half my age. Like you could have been old enough to be her father. It gets worse. I was older than her father and her mother because when I came back, oh shit! When I came back, I came back at Christmas time, and she brought me to the house for Christmas dinner. And her father pulls me outside and was like. I'm really not happy that you're here. And I was like, I, I totally get that, sir. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be happy either. I'm laughing now, but I wasn't laughing then. I was terrified. Her father was like 6'8". He was massive. <laughs> he he calls me out. He goes, come outside with me. And I was like, <sighs> okay. And I look at her and she's like, it's fine. It's like, It'll be fine. So I was like. Okay, so I go outside. Her father puts on snow boots. The snow is covering everything. I go outside. He has snow boots on. He's standing on the porch of his house, and he's peeing in his own yard. Ew. Okay, classy move. <clears throat> At, I, I must, anyway, I pee in my backyard all the time now. I think it's hilarious. I'm marking my territory like a dog. I'll just go outside with the dogs, and I'll be like, Phil, go pee, and he doesn't pee. So I'm like, all right, I'll pee, and then he'll go, oh, we're peeing. I didn't get the message, so he'll start peeing. <laughs> It's just it's just a guy thing. We bond over peeing. So anyway, her father's standing there with his dick in his hand, and he's peeing. And I was like, first off, holy cow, that guy's hog was huge. Like, <laughs> it's like I don't know why he wanted me to see that. He's standing there, and it was like a fire hose. It was ma- yeah. I looked. It was massive. He wanted like he, he, so he's standing there peeing, and I was like, because I was caught off guard. I was like, what the fuck is? Oh my God, he's peeing! But I, by then, I had already looked. I wasn't like, "Oh wow, look at that." I didn't think so. I wasn't gawking at it, but like, I was like, "What the fuck is?" But oh, that's why he's away. out here. Because yeah, no, I mean, I turned away immediately. I mean, it was one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then I turned <laughs> away because I was like, "Holy crap!" What? Hold. I mean, so then he's talking to me while he's standing there peeing in his yard telling me like i'm not happy with you being here and i was like i totally get that he's like you know you seem like a really nice guy but it's it's horribly inappropriate i'm like i, I got you totally agree he's like you should leave and i was like my plane's not for three days like i booked this whole time here and he's like you're leaving tonight and i was like it's christmas eve and i'm not leaving tonight so as I'm, I'm sitting there debating with this guy while he's got his hog in his hand and he's peeing in his yard. And I realized that this guy could kill me at any moment, literally six, seven, six, eight, like just massive. His dick was bigger than my arm. Like it was like a, it wasn't even a baby's arm. It was like a full grown man's arm. This guy. And, and I was like, if, if he wanted to show me what prison scenes are really like, not the shit that we see in movies, like he it would have been horrible. Like oh he, my gosh. I was terrified for, for my life just based on the size of his hog and what he could have done to me at that point. He probably could have strangled you with it. He, he, could, have, he could have killed me with it just by turning to the side. He would have knocked me off the porch. Like it was, it was, <laughs> anyway. So I, I'm in no way bright. My best friend was like, dude, fucking high five. I'm like, Nah, man, like there's nothing to be proud about that whole situation. Like it was just. So how did it end? It ended. Her father took me to the airport three days later after I fucked his daughter like five times that between Christmas Eve and then. And then um, because he was like, I was like, she's going to take me to the airport. And he's like, no, I'll be taking you to the airport. And she's like, no, you're not taking them by yourself. I'm going with you. He's like, you can come, but I'm making sure his ass gets on a plane. I'm like, I'm right here. 
guys. I'm still right. sitting right here. Like, so his his wife, her mom was younger than me. He was older. He was like ten years older than her mom, but her mom was younger than me. Wow. Yeah, not my finest moment. And you guys never spoke after that. Um, maybe a couple messages. Like she messaged me as I was waiting for the plane. Like you know that you're never coming back here, right? I was like, yeah, like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I, yeah. That's crazy. It was really not my finest moment. And, you know, like I said, it's nothing I'm bragging about. It was like, wow, that was, like, I was really mentally not in a good place. Like, I would have, I would, if somebody now was like, hey, this 18-year-old girl wants you, I'd be like, <laughs> No, absolutely not. I have daughters older than that. Right. And there's no, there's nothing like when I got there, I was like, we can't talk about music. We can't talk about movies. Like she can tell me about Barney. I don't know what Barney is, Like, but she was 18, had a kid already. Like she was, she was, wow. she had been in a gang. She was a gang like there's the guy gangs and there's like the girl gangs kind of like frats and sororities kind of there's a girl gang to the boy gang and she had a baby daddy that was in the gang and i was like yeah i didn't know any of this when i was here for the training and then when i came back and i found out all that during the week i was there and i was like yeah i don't don't, this isn't i mean obviously i didn't get the whole life story when you know any of that was happening but i got enough to know like yeah i don't want to come back here her dad has a huge hog and her baby daddy's in a gang like i'm good see ya good so but yeah not my finest moment it's nothing that i'm like yes check that box i don't mention that box very often so I didn't just call that girl the box. I was saying, check the box of an 18-year-old girl. If anybody at home is listening going, why you pig? I was a pig for being with an 18-year-old girl, but I didn't just call her check the box. She anyway, was the box. No, that, she was a good person. She was really scary. Um, but yeah, it was, it was not my finest moment. So I'm not bagging on you for being with a 17-year-old boy when you were 21. I was, I was 20. Thank I, you. I didn't mean to age you and make it better for you. So, yeah. So the reason that the the girl at work, so her father recently passed away. Her mom passed away when she was three, so it was her only surviving parent. Mm. Father passed away recently, um, unexpectedly, and now she's raising her sister, who I'm going to fuck this up, and if you're listening to this and you're like, she's not this, she's this. I think she's 14, maybe 15, and pregnant. And so, oh, shit. yeah, so she's, how her, old is the girl from work? Fuck. I don't do that when you try to guess women's ages, but I want to say like 23, 24. So she's young. She's young. Very young. She has a daughter of her own. Wow. Um, and <clears throat> she's, she's going through a really tough time. Like, her only surviving parent, but her father was everything to her. Like not just a daddy's girl. Like she was everything to him and he was everything to her. Like she's Mm -hmm. devastated. So when I, she asked me about that, I was like, been kind of doing the dance of the tards with Kayla to try to get her to come on for a long time. Yeah. And we had talked a couple of weeks ago and then that fell through. Then I was like, I'm going to push this week to make this happen because I really want to be able to talk about what you went through and, and the 
spiral and the downside and then coming out the other end of it. But it was a, it was a long time. So how, how old were you when your father passed away? 35. So it's been five years. Um, four and a half. It's been whatever. a little over four. April was the four year Fuck, anniversary. Fuck, you are a date person. Like, you got the dates for Of course, I remember ingrained. exactly. He died on Good Friday of 2015. Both my parents passed away, and I couldn't even tell you. I know the month, I think. I think they both passed away in November, but I don't know the dates. Like, I, I will it's never It's just forget old age. I, I, and I shouldn't, because I was the way you are about your dad is the way I was about my mom. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I was 35 turning 36 that following July. And you were probably not in a great place before that happened, right? No. Like what had been going on? Like how do you kind of describe your mental state or what you were well, going I've through at the time? I've always suffered from depression and anxiety. Have you been diagnosed? Have you ever gone to a therapist or was that no, just you No, I hadn't been. Depressed? I just knew. Okay. Um, so I always had my ups and downs, I guess. Do you know if your siblings or your mom also have depression or is it just? Um, I don't believe my siblings do. I know my grandmother did, my mom's mom. Okay. As far as I know, um, I think my mom might have dealt with it a little bit because she was, you know, had taken an antidepressant for you know, some time. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know if she was ever diagnosed, I guess. Well, she I mean, obviously she, she yeah. was, if she was taking medication, but we never really talked a whole lot about that part of it. Do you still not talk about it? About my mom having no. depression? Yeah. About, about no, I don't depression ask. or your depression or not so much anymore. Okay. I mean, no, I, I don't mean that you're still mm. depressed, but it's always a part of you unless you, I mean, it's a chemical thing. Depression yeah. is, there's, there's situational depression. Like if you weren't already depressed and you weren't suffering from depression and then this, you know, your father passed away, mm. you would be depressed about that situation, but it's not chemical depression. It would be like situational. This thing happened and it sucks and I'm down about that and depressed and sad for the loss and whatever, but you were already there chemically before that Mm -hmm. happened. So it's always a part of you unless you kind of fix it. Yeah. Um, It's just below the surface. I was always kind of back and forth. I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'm trying to go with this. Um, Well, like, I mean, when you ended up divorced at 24, that had to be depressing. Like you had to feel. Well, yeah, that was super hard. It took the me, fact that he cheated on it you. It took and me then, five years to get over that. Yeah. It took me five years. And the only reason I got over it was because I found out five years later that he did the same thing to her. And I was finally able to let go of the fact that, oh, fuck, it was me. It was my fault. When in reality, it was him. I always thought it was me. So you thought the reason that he cheated was you weren't... Was because it was just... It was me. I wasn't... Well, he probably told you that, too. I mean... No. We never... You never talked about no, it? No. He okay. left. I packed his shit. That was it. We didn't... We hardly spoke after. And still haven't? No. Okay. Mm-mm. Is he on Facebook? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you're not like a, a, a go back and look at the ex person? No, I've pulled him up before yeah. and I've looked, but yeah, he 
just he doesn't look like the nice guy that he used to be. But I've or also that you seen him. He was. Yeah, yeah, I saw him a couple of times at my previous job before I left Prescott. I worked for a dealership, and he worked for the one right next door. So he would bring jeeps over to our dealership to uh-huh. get worked on. And I worked in the service department, and I saw him a couple of times, and would have to avoid him because I. So he still stayed in that town. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he still lives there. Okay. So you never. <laughs> went to a therapist or have you ever been to therapy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I went to therapy um, after I tried to commit suicide. So let's, so after it got to its worst possible place is when you decided to try to seek help. Yeah. It didn't last very long. You I quit going. You quit going to the therapist. Okay. Yeah. And shit still spiraled. Why so, did you, so the let's back up a couple of steps. So was your father sick for a long time? Like did you know he was know. sick? We didn't know. Well, did you know he was sick? No. So he may have been sick and knew just didn't tell anybody. We think that my dad was sick for a while when they were still living up in Prescott Valley. Okay. Um they had sold the house in Chino. And had another home built in Prescott Valley, a smaller house, okay. less acreage. You know, my dad was too getting getting too old to be able to take care of land. Sure, my mom didn't want to take care of it, so he wasn't feeling all that great. My mom kind of knew, you know, he seemed very off. He'd always had some health issues since about two thousand two, when he had shoulder surgery and had to retire from trucking. Okay. Um, and when my mom had decided, you know, hey, let's move to Phoenix, you know, Kayla moved there, the kids are there, my, our grandkids are there, let's just go. And he didn't put up a fight. He was just like, okay, let's go. That kind of told her. Was kind of like, well, that's weird because he always said he would never move to Phoenix. He would die, in, you know, up north. He would never move back down here. So he didn't put up a fight. He told my mom, yeah, let's go. So they sold the house in Prescott Valley. They found one in Santan. They moved December 2014. Does your mom still live in that house? No, she sold it. She lives okay. in Mesa in Las Palmas. She lives in a 55 and older community. Um, so they got down here. Everything was cool. And they ended up going in for testing in the beginning of March of 2015. Okay. And I remember being at work. I was on the escalations team. Mm-hmm. And I was on the phone with my dad and he said, well, they think I have cancer. And I'm like, no, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, they, they think I do. Well, he lied to me. He knew. Because they, they, don't, they don't give that as a diagnosis. Like, we think you might have I know. this. He yeah. knew. They knew. They yeah. told him. He was trying to, trying to yeah. soften it. So he was going to have to go through the testing, I guess, that full scan. Okay. So that took about three weeks for us to get the diagnosis, and um, he was in the hospital at the time that we were getting the diagnosis because they were going to do a liver biopsy. Okay. And they couldn't do it because his blood pressure had dropped so low. They they couldn't put him under. Yeah, because they couldn't. They couldn't he, do it. Right. So he was there for a couple of days, and then on the morning that he was finally okay, they were wheeling him out to do the biopsy as the oncologist comes in and tells my mom, my sister, and I. He has stage four colon cancer. Three to six months to live without chemo. A year or so with chemo. 
And I remember so, being hold, hold in that on. room. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to cut you off, no, no, but no, I want to circle fine. back. No, no, say? please go. No, oh. I just remember being in there just <laughs> feeling like that was going to be the lowest point in my life. Wow. You know, like this can't be happening. What were you going to say? I don't, I'm not a doctor, obviously. I don't, but I, I don't believe they can tell anyone without the patient's permission. So I wonder if he had, like if your dad told the doctor you could tell them or if the doctor just broke The doctor just told us because I watched him walk in. He didn't stop and talk to my dad. And we were there all morning. So as they wheeled him out down the hallway, the doctor comes in and, and told us that. It might have been something that they had agreed upon prior and said, yeah. okay, you can tell my wife, you know, and the, and the three of us were there in that room. Is that how your, that's how your mom found out as well? That's how all three of us found out. She had no idea. I mean, None of she, us did. she, so you said he told you before that they think I'm, I have cancer. And, had yeah. he told your mom that as well? Well, she was with him at the doctor. So when they went to the doctor, my sister also went. Okay. I was at work. Nobody told me what was happening. I had no idea. Right. So they all three got the news and knew. Yes, you have cancer, but we need to figure out what kind, Where what it stage, is, what stage, what's happening, what type. Because there's it's so not they just knew one cancer. They just didn't want right. to tell me, and that's where my dad said they think I have cancer. So at that point when he told you, I think I have cancer, your mom and your sister knew mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So when the doctor came in and it was your first time hearing it, they already knew. I knew too. It was just a gut feeling. There wasn't a, they think, right. no, I know you do. None of us just knew, none of us knew what, what kind or what stage okay. at that point until the doctor walked in, walked in and told us. And so doctor drops this bomb Yep. and then leaves. Yep. Your dad's going into surgery. For the biopsy. Right. For the the biopsy of his liver. Liver. Yeah, liver biopsy. And what's the conversation like between the three of you? We cried. Yeah. We went down to the cafeteria, got food. We sat outside. We cried some more, talked about it. I I don't remember exactly what we were saying. I I don't remember the conversation. Okay. And then your dad goes in for the biopsy, mm-hmm. comes back. Yeah. And then what happened after that? My sister left. I stayed in the room with my mom and my dad, but he was sleeping. Um, but I couldn't face him, so I had to leave before he woke up. I Were you home. mad? No, I was sad. I didn't know if you were mad because he told you I might no, have it I, when I he couldn't, didn't. No, I couldn't face Talking to him in person about cancer. Okay. Do you want tissue? I actually have tissue outside. I can go get tissue. I'll pause. Keep going. So you left. Yeah. And what happened with the biopsy? What were they biopsying his kidney for? His liver, sorry. To see if I think the, for, for to cancer, see if the cancer was I, yeah, in the I liver. Don't, I don't remember. Okay. It was, I, as far as I know, it was because it had spread. Um, it spread into his 
lymph nodes, his, his lungs, as far as I know, his liver, hence why it was stage four. Right. So, yeah. How old was your father at this point? 65. Man, that's young. And he was turning 70, that, or 66. I was that, like, wow, sorry. He was turning 66 that following September. So, okay. basically, um, we got the diagnosis. My mom brought him home. I went over there that weekend. He was no longer working, right? No, he had retired in 2002. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I know you said he retired from trucking. Uh-huh. He was a but truck I, driver. But I didn't know if he got, like, another gig or... <clears throat> okay. No. He was on workman's comp, had his... I don't know if you can get Social Security before then. You can. He Dis- had other like Social Security disability. Yeah, income coming in. So right. he, he hadn't worked since 2002. Okay. And your mom was back working after they moved to Phoenix? No, she retired in 2011. Okay. Yeah. So she's she's not... Wasn't working. Okay. So um, she brings him home. She brings him home. I think I went but I went to work. I didn't miss except for that day that he was in for surgery. Because we found out Thursday. So that was Thursday. I went to work Friday. Went over to my parents' house that weekend. And I remember my dad, you know, saying, I'm going to do chemo. You know, I'm, I'm going to fight. And um, he went downhill from there. Did he end up doing chemo? No, he didn't have the chance. He died eight days after the diagnosis. Eight days later. I want to give you a hug right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to hold it together. No, I, I, I know this is super difficult for you, and I, I appreciate you. It's funny, I don't cry thinking about it, but actually talking about it. It brings it, it just back. Throws me back into that time frame. Um, yeah, I remember like hugging him and hold, you know, telling him, "You better fight. You better fight for your life." Because I didn't think he would want to. Just for the quality of life, you know, what kind of quality of life are you going to have? Right. Doing chemo or radiation? How fair is that to him? I wanted him to fight for me. Right. It feels kind of selfish, but I mean, 65 is young. Yeah. Was he a smoker? Both my parents were, but he had uh, quit smoking years before that. Him and my mom quit years before that. Um, he was on oxygen for a long time after one of his surgeries, one of his surgeries that he had. Prior then, to being diagnosed, you mean? Oh, yeah. Long okay. before being diagnosed. And then um, I think he quit. He was a smoker for like 45 years, if not longer. I'm looking at your pack of cigarettes sitting over there. <laughs> you yeah. can't see that. That was subtle, but that's because no, you're not I, wearing I'm your glasses. I'm not paying attention. I know. So... Eight days later, he passed away. Yeah, we. Um, I thought he was going to be okay that weekend. He seemed fine. But it, as the days went on, you know, through that week, there was three different times that my mom had to ca- call the fire department to help get him out of the bathroom because he had got up, <clears throat> went to use the restroom, and couldn't get himself like off the 
the up. toilet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my mom couldn't lift him. My dad was a very big man and she couldn't lift him up. And, and another, that was twice. And another time she couldn't get him up out of his recliner to get him in bed. And that was the third time. And she finally had called hospice and they brought in a hospital bed and put it in the living room. And that's where he laid at home. Um, so I had left work the day before I had called my mom before I had started. I didn't have to work until 1230 and I was outside smoking with Becca and Marcus and I had been on the phone with my cousin who her dad, my uncle, my dad's brother was also fighting cancer. I remember that. And she had called me and we were talking and she wanted me to ask my mom a question. So I had called my mom to ask her and she basically said, you know, things aren't looking too good. Um, if you want to leave work, come home. If you don't want to leave work, don't. And I thought, why the fuck are you giving me the option? Why would I stay at work? I'm coming to the house. And she just basically said, it doesn't look good. You, you know, you do need to come home. And I remember being in the elevator, waiting for the elevator door to open, and I lost my shit. And a couple of, you know, coworkers came over, Diana came over, and I was so worried about getting in trouble for leaving work, which is not a good feeling to have. And she kept telling me, you know, no, Kayla, it's okay, just go, go. And Becca walked me out, walked me to the garage. I got in the car, and she was willing to drive me to my mom's, and I said, no, I'll go, I'll make it, I'll be fine. Um, so I got over there. My sister wasn't there. It was just my mom because Shelly was at work. And I remember telling my mom, you need to tell Sissy to come. That's what I call my sister, Sissy. I've always called her that. I said, she needs to be here. You know, Mark needs to come too. So my sister came over that day. And um, I remember just sitting, you know, by my dad's bedside. He could hardly speak. He couldn't move. I would have to move his arms up you know, for him, because he had absolutely no strength. And I remember telling him, I love you. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. And he said, I love you too, monkey face. Which I would never say that out loud because that was one of my nicknames from him. (laughs) And um, I don't think I remember hearing him speak again after that because it just took too much energy and he didn't have any. And that night I stayed the night at their house. My sister went home. And the whole night I just kept thinking, don't die. You know, don't die while we're sleeping. You know, just keep fighting. And he made it pretty much through the entire next day, and I had gone to go get food for us. And the whole time I was gone, I just kept saying, you better not die while I'm not there. And I got back with food for the three of us. And we ate, and it was time to give him his morphine drops. And somehow we were end up searching for one of those things you put on your finger to read your um, oxygen oxygen. Mm -hmm. 
And we're running around the house trying to find it. And my sister screams for my mom. And her and I are in their bedroom and we run out. Now, mind you, I had already said that my dad couldn't move his arms. Right. And we come out and he's laying with his arms crossed over his heart with his big blue eyes wide open, just staring forward. And we kept calling his name and calling his name, and then that was it. He passed away. And I remember yelling at my mom to bring him back, and obviously she couldn't. And that was it. And for the longest time, I couldn't get that image out of my head. It was him. He was staring forward, watching where he was going leaving this earth. And a part of me died that day. I... I was lucky enough to not be there when my mom passed. I had taken my nephew. She was very sick for a very long time. And... I got a text. I was taking my nephew to a museum. We were going to, there was a superhero exhibit at a museum. And it was like superhero powers, how they could be like practically like x-ray vision. So it was like x-ray goggles and you could see your hand through a wall or whatever and shit like that. And my nephew was really into superheroes, but science also. Mm -hmm. I was taking him to this exhibit and my sister texted me (laughs) to come back. And I pulled over. And I stopped and we waited a little while because I didn't want to see her pass. And when we got there, she had already passed away. And I think that was better for me. But I also wish I could have been there at the end, too. Like, I'm torn. For me, I'm glad that I was there. Yeah. You know, and to see the look of peace on his face. You know, he didn't have a grimace. He didn't look like he was in any pain at that point. Like, he literally looked super peaceful. So I'm glad that he was, you know, surrounded by me, my mom, my sister. I wish my brother could have been there. Um, But he wasn't. You know, Mark came the next day um, to see, you know, how my mom was doing. Um, But, yeah, I, I mean, I will never be upset about watching it, you know, I'm thankful right. that I was able to be there and to actually see it. I won't, I never want to experience that again, you know, but if something were to ever happen to my mom, of course I'd want to be there too. But now I'm just extremely paranoid with her, you know, are you feeling okay? What's going on? If I can't get a hold of her, I freak out. I call my sister. Have you talked to mom? You know, How old is your mom? 70, but she's in good health. You know, she's in good health. She's just getting older. Yeah, so it's been, it was really hard the first year, the first year or so. Well, your your uncle ended up passing away also, three right? Day, yeah, three days after my dad. So it was your dad, and then it was like your uncle was like, go and hang out with my brother. Like They didn't get along. But. <laughs> but, yeah. My dad died April 3rd, and my Uncle Denny died April 6th, so three days apart. But he died of a different type of cancer, but I think he died from 
the chemo more than the throat cancer is what I think my cousin said. I, I mean, it, you know, it's been over four years. I don't remember. And I, I don't bring any of that up to her because, you know, she was extremely close to her father like I was. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's hard for her. So I don't, I don't try to bring that stuff up. And, you know, her and I talk every once in a while and stuff on Facebook or I'll randomly call her if she's up at, you know, her dad's house. And if I happen to be up in Prescott, you know, hey, are you, you're in town, you know, and we'll talk. And But she has her life and I have mine and that's it. So, <clears throat> man, that. We weren't expecting it. Not at all. I mean, who expects that? But. I mean, 65's young. Like, He was supposed to have a colonoscopy done that year because it had been five years since the previous, and he was cleared through that. So, you know, but looking back on it, my mom, you know, thinks that obviously he was sicker way longer than we knew. Right. And I think he, personally, I think he had an idea. That's why he was okay with my mom wanting to move down here. Let her, you know, let's move. Let's get her settled. If something does happen to me, she's here where the kids are. You know, that kind of thing. Wow. I'm trying. I'm, it's not my, I mean, I'm sitting here crying, too. Like, it's. It was rough. I remember talking to you while this was going on. Mm-hmm. And, and just hoping that you could keep it together. Like, I couldn't. No. No, I I think for bereavement and then I had to use some vacation time. I was off that entire week after. And they wouldn't let me use bereavement for my uncle because it wasn't immediate family, but I'm like I just had two deaths within deaths within 3 days of each other, but you know, that doesn't matter at this point. Um, but right after my dad passed, I went to my mom's doctor was put on antidepressant, was given Xanax for my anxiety. And that's a whole other story. Yeah. That's that whole thing. Um, But I know I'm no longer on the antidepressant. I haven't been for over a year. And I think a big part of my depression getting worse was because of the medication. Personally, it didn't help me. Well, Antidepressant medication, it's not like, oh, there's Tylenol or Advil. There's dozens of different ones. I tried several, nothing. But it it, it has to be used in conjunction with therapy and continued therapy. And it's not like, I have a headache, I take medication, now my headache's gone. You can't have just... I'm talking like I'm a fucking expert on it. I just, from my depression, I took antidepressants for a little while and then therapy, continued therapy, Mm -hmm. started meditating, started reading books about depression and coping mechanisms and stuff like that. I did a lot of my own fixing of myself because you can only pay therapists so much. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in therapy. I think everybody should go to therapy. I think therapy is fucking great, but you have to find the right therapist. It's like, you know, they're shitty dentists. They're sh- shitty people that make chicken sandwiches at Chick-fil-A. Like they're shitty people that are therapists. You can get a therapist that 
it's not right for you. That doesn't mean they're shitty therapists. They're shitty for you. And it took a while for me to find a good therapist to help me work through my shit. And I stopped taking medication years ago. I just decided, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to do it. I didn't like the way antidepressants made me feel. Um, I thought that my depression was situational, like it was related to being in a second failed marriage and being, you know, stressed out from work and all that shit. And when I stopped being married, I was like, oh, cool. I fucked an 18 year old girl. Everything's great. Like, <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I'm out of that horrible relationship. And I'm, right. you know, go out and slay the world. And it was, you know, it was not awesome. So I went to therapists a couple different, couple different therapists, couple different cities. I moved a lot. And, it took a while to work out a bunch of shit. I had repressed memories from childhood and stuff like that. And, um, but antidepressants, it's not like I have a headache, I take aspirin, the headache goes away. Like sometimes the, I mean, the, the warning on antidepressants say, if you have suicidal thoughts taking this, you should stop taking this. You know, call your doctor immediately. Like how can a pill that's supposed to stop depression have a side effect of, makes me suicidal like it doesn't make any sense to me but it's right. because the pills are trying to fix a chemical that your body doesn't have and it's not like one size fits all like you have a headache the pills stop the the receptors from telling your body you have a headache you still have a headache your brain still hurts but your body stops feeling the pain in the way that it used to it doesn't make the pain go away really but antidepressants it's trying to find the chemical that your body's not making that's making you that way and there's so many different ones it didn't work for you yeah no made it worse it made me worse you said you talked to a therapist for a little while but stopped was that during this time or was it after it was after after yeah because my, my dad passed in april i attempted you know my little Suicide in December of that year. So it was after that um, okay. that I tried. But, you know, you're only allotted so many with your insurance. So many. Like your visits. Oh, the yeah, the EAP program. Yeah. You pay so much. You can still, you can use just like any doctor, but the copay is huge. Yeah. So I stopped going. And yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't really think he was all that great anyway. Um, yeah. so I quit going and then, you know, but you were still taking medication Yeah. from the doctor that gave it to you. Was he just a general practitioner? She, yeah. 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 General practitioner shouldn't be dispensing that kind of medicine. Yeah. She, again, I'm not a doctor and I'm just, I'm not, I'm up here on my, you know, soapbox like somebody has to do it, but it should be somebody that's doing therapy and, you know, pharmacology along it was just what we felt we needed to do to try to help me because i knew that if i didn't try something i was worried that i would really spiral out of control and i knew that so it's just you know what we did my mom went with me and um i thought for a little while it was working and maybe it was just because in my mind i was hoping that it was but i overall don't think it did and I stopped. I haven't taken it since May of last year. So you finally found a medication that you were taking long term, or were you constantly changing through that whole time from then to? No, when I you think I'd stopped? only tried two or three. Okay. 
and that that the last one I was taking was a Fexor. And when I tried my little, you know, suicidal thing, they upped me up to like 225 milligrams. That's a lot. Is it a, I was going to say, I don't know what the... Oh, that's a lot. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So then over time, I weaned myself off. And I got to the point where I was only taking one pill every two days. And then when I found out that I was pregnant last year, I stopped taking it completely. And I have felt a lot better. I don't feel... I don't think I've really had a depression episode like that in a long time. Um, So for me, antidepressants aren't it, I guess, in my opinion. I'm not a doctor, but it's just the way it makes me feel. You know, I feel better not taking them. So you brought it up a couple times, so let's talk about... You did air quotes a couple times, your episode. So yeah. tell me about that. Well, I just ended up in a bathtub with a knife. And tried to slip my wrist. Wow. Okay. There's nothing to it. And then I realized what I was doing, and the first person I called was Becca. She was at work. I was at home. You guys were living together yeah. at that point. Yeah, we were in the two-bedroom apartment at that point. Okay. So I called her. I talked to her and another person that worked there. Um, they had me on speakerphone trying to calm me down, and then I ended up calling my mom, and she took me to the hospital where they admitted me, and I call it the nut barn. <laughs> Baker acted you. Where I was for three days, and this was yeah. right before Christmas, a week before Christmas. And um, I pretty much told them the error of my ways and I'm not going to try to do it again because I didn't want to be stuck there. And then they ended up letting me out and Becca picked me up. And of course, I was still depressed. I had no desire to try anything because I didn't want to get stuck in a place like that again. Okay. I don't want to go too much into detail. That's fine. No, no. I mean, I just... So, are you strongly religious? Do you have religious beliefs? I mean, I believe in God, but I'm not religious. I don't go to church. Well, I mean, you could be religious without without going to service. I, I, I don't go... I haven't been to church service in years, but I don't consider myself strongly religious, but I have a religious belief. So you believe in heaven and hell. Yeah. So you believe your father is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so this happened. Yeah, this... Did you did you actually cut yourself? Or did you just think about it and stop? Or do you not want to talk about it? It's fine if you don't. That's fine. I, I, I don't want to get into that part of it, honestly. No, that's fine. I, I just... It makes me so sad. Like, I, I. But I didn't, and here we are. I had no idea. You know? I mean, I would see you on a daily basis, and I knew you were going through a lot. I knew that emotionally you were wrecked by what happened, but I had no idea that you were that that it was that bad. Yeah. And I, I feel. I mean, it's it's stupid to say. Like, I feel sad. I wish I could have helped you. 
There's nothing anyone can do. When 40 minutes ago I was saying, hey, I was trying to take it to the UFC, but I really wanted to just break <laughs> off a piece. And so. Right. But I, I, I really had no idea how bad A lot of people did I mean, nobody could. I hit it very well. You know. That's what you do. You hide it. I. I sat at one point in my life, I sat in my living room and I had a handgun in my hand and I thought about killing myself. I, I sat there and thought about it for a while. And the only reason I didn't is because all I could picture was my wife was in bed hearing the gunshot coming out and finding me dead. Right. That's why I didn't do it. It wasn't because I felt better about my situation. Like, I'm totally not depressed anymore and blah, blah, blah. And everything's great. And I'm going to go ahead and I, I didn't want to burden her. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't do it. I didn't, you know, I didn't want her to have to deal with the repercussions of that. I didn't want to burden my mom. Yeah. And I remember sitting on the gurney in the hospital waiting for them to take my information. And I remember exactly looking at my mom saying, I just want to go be with dad. And that that's hard. Yeah. You know, and I can't imagine how she felt. But I also don't think she understood how depressed that I was. I don't think she got it. So I don't talk a whole lot about that with her. Sure. You know, because she's very old school. This is this Suck is it. Up. This is how Suck it, it is. Up you know, you yeah. Be, yeah. So I don't. I don't go there with her. So you leave the hospital. Mm -hmm. You stopped working at the bank. I didn't stop working at the bank until that. Not right away. Not right away. It was, I left that next April. So you stayed there. This was December. So Mm -hmm. December to April. And I quit in April of 16. Okay. Yeah. And you decided to move back to what you considered where you grew up, even though you grew up more here than there. It was like. My former best friend at the time knew I was going through a really horrible time. So another incident happened after the December incident. Um, Because I had missed so much work, I got behind on like my car payment and my car got repoed. So I had to ride with Becca to work. I remember that. And I now. remember opening my bottle of Xanax and I just poured a bunch in my hand and I popped like six. It was just like, fuck it. And that's exactly what I said. And got to work and I don't remember anything about that. Pretty much most of that day. I just remember, I do, I take that back. I remember walking over to Becca saying, you know, hey, let's go have a cigarette and the AVP at the you know time, I think he's still an AVP, was standing there and was like, Kayla, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, I just took a bunch of Xanax. Like, I didn't give a shit. And he was like, you don't look very good. Like, you need to go over to the nurse. So Becca and somebody else, I think it was Bridget maybe, took me downstairs. I was adamant about smoking a cigarette, and apparently I didn't. I just sat there with it in my hand. And they had taken me up to the nurse's office in the next building where they then called an ambulance and they took me to the hospital and 
said that I had an accidental overdose, which in my opinion, it wasn't, it was obviously not an accident. I just didn't give a shit, but I didn't think that I would have reacted to taking that many. Cause it's, I mean, it's more than the dosage, but it's not like you took 30. No, I just, I remember counting out six that were in my hand and was like, fuck it. So I just popped them all right then in the car. And Becca had taken her daughter into daycare, so she didn't see me do it. I did it, you know, while she was out of the car, and then the rest of it's kind of a blur. I had totally forgotten about this until you mentioned it. Like, I remembered the first thing. Hearing about it later, I didn't hear about it then. Um, But I had forgotten about this, and now that you mention it, I remember this day. And I remember, I believe, I could be totally putting myself in a situation that didn't happen. But I think I remember talking to you that day and going, man, she's really fucking loopy. Like something. I don't remember not, talking to you. Something's not good. I wasn't right. I don't, I don't remember if I even took phone calls that morning. No, I don't think you did. I now don't. Now that you mentioned it, I don't think you ever logged in. I think you just sat there. Yeah. I, that, that it was a very scary time i just didn't give a shit anymore i was on a definite spiral downward so for that whole year yeah anyway so um i remember talking to my former best friend um on the phone and she was super worried about me it was just like kayla like quit your job get out of your lease just move back up here you know live with me and mom because i always called her mom mom too and I was just like, okay, you know, like, you're right. Because Becca was going to have to move out at that point anyway because she got a manager position. And right. we weren't going to be allowed to live together. I remember that now, too. So I was trying everything I could to find a different job so that we could live together because I just knew working at the bank just wasn't it for me. That I f- think working on that team also fucked with me mentally too i just couldn't do it anymore because everybody too much knew stress. what was going on like knew the situation not necessarily or... that it was just too much that the job was too stressful okay i just couldn't mentally i couldn't handle it anymore but when it didn't work out where i couldn't find a different job and becca was going to move out i'm like okay you know i i don't have a car i might as well just you know quit chase get out of my lease ah! <gasps> it's okay Right down the dime. Oh, my God. I just said that. <laughs> I didn't mean to. It's all good. I do it all the time. You can bleep that out, right? Yeah. I'll okay. go back and delete. That's why I wrote down the time. My bad. My bad. No, it's all good. The bank. Um, so, you know, I quit and I ended up moving towards the end of April back up north and found a job within like three weeks. And, you know, I thought everything was cool, but that ended up ending my friendship with my former best friend. Um, And yeah, I thought moving back home would be a great thing as you start over, everything will work out and everything will be fine. And, you know, I think it was made it a lot harder on me, but at the same time, like I grew a lot going back home and dealing with some of the shit I dealt with living with, you know, my friend and her mom and dealing with all that stuff. But So I'm going to put a push pin in this. I don't like doing three 
three different episodes, but we've been talking for an hour and 10 minutes now. Okay. So I'm going to put a push pin in here. You're going to go smoke. I'm going to go, hold on. I'm going to go pee again. Is it bad that we're having a long episode? Don't care. No, because like I said, I do this for me. Like I just want to talk to you. If it helps people and it helps that person at work, awesome. I'm enjoying talking to you. I'm sorry that you're crying, but I think that, I don't, I don't know. I started to say, I think that it's helpful for you. Like, No, I'm, it is helpful. But I, and I, if it helps somebody else. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how helpful I can be talking about my experience. But to know that you're not alone, like, you know, I, right. I sat there and thought about, uh, you know, doom and gloom and how am I ever going to get through this? But I was able to get through it. So were you. Right. And it wasn't the end. No. Like the fact that you're here talking about it now means there's, there's a way out. You know, this, this girl is probably feeling pretty overwhelmed. You know, she's got this huge sorrow plus this huge weight. Now she has a job. She's raising a 14-year-old sister, 15-year-old sister who's about to be a mommy. Which so. that is on a whole other level compared to what I dealt with. But the losing the parent part, I completely understand. But let's put a push pin in this. I'm going to go tinkle. You're going to go smoke <laughs> and then you can pee after. Okay. <laughs> I'll make sure I wipe the rim. Make sure I don't leave any remnants. <laughs> All right. Um, but, uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Come back for part three. Um, I don't have anything funny to say. So Susu studio, go fuck yourself. I'll see you next week. Bye.
Figured out me and the man in black. Well, I got cash. 